to explain something, some vital things that you should know. My voice is not very loud, so I probably have to get over here. If the Lord permits, Sunday afternoon I want to speak to you in an evangelistic gospel sermon, or Sunday afternoon. And we're expecting some great things for the Lord to do for us this week. One thing is concerning, uh, many here would not hardly understand just how that these prayer cards are, are given out to the sick and the afflicted. In three years of trying, this is the only program that I've ever found that was really looked like was blessed of God. First, we would just go in and have no cards at all and just let the people line up. It was such a congestion to that I get to pray maybe 15, 20 minutes at a time, the crowd to get on me and they had to pull me out. And then the next start, we would send the prayer cards ahead to the ministers. And each minister sponsoring, maybe being six or more churches throughout the year, he would sponsor the meeting. And each minister would have at least 100 cards. Every minister wanted his congregation first. He would give them to his congregation and probably the entire four or five nights, just one minister's congregation would get in. The rest of them would feel very bad about it. Then we thought about having the local people, just the local people in the community, and sometimes people come for as many seven, eight thousand miles to the meeting. That wasn't right. And the only way that we found that we could be really let the Lord make the way is to come and take prayer cards, about fifty of them, and just give them out. To the groups of the people, no one knows just who is going to be in the. I've seen the time that I give out 50 cards, and not one of them be called. Start into the meeting, and the Spirit of the Lord leads you right out among the people like that. Never even use the prayer card. I've seen the time I sit on the platform and I just start to speak, and I just lose my whole self for an hour or more time, just calling first one and then the other. Like that, everyone. Many people rally for the, the line. I made this remark. It's the truth. It's been good for five years, for three years now. Pardon me. Every person that comes to this platform is healed. It's never been nothing, no matter how bad it was twisted, crippled, or afflicted. It's always healed. And there's been some hideous cases. But I maybe in one night time, I'd just be able to get maybe three or four or five. Maybe sometime I'd see one to Calgary, Canada, we only got two, or 25,000 people together. Two. One of them was a boy been afflicted for 18 years. His hands thrown on him, he's in a wheelchair. His mother pawned her wedding ring to keep him. He'd been in about seven or eight meetings. Never could get a car. Finally, his time arrived for him to get the Boy walked off the platform, next morning shaved himself for the first time in his life. Met me out there on the ramp when the plane came down to Vancouver to shake my hand. A little girl was the next. A little girl, 
Catholics by faith, one leg was four inches shorter than the other. We had about an hour and something with that little girl. In the same Bible, when they brought her there, she'd go way down to the sign. I laid this Bible on her head. She walked just as normal as any child back and forth across the platform. And 25,000 people said, you know, but those things we just did, I don't know, no one in here who has a prayer card or who will be first. We give out those cards and then we come in. I'll kind of give you an idea. My brother says, I gave out 50 cards. I come into the building, I might meet a little child. I'd say, can you count? I'd say, yes, sir. I'd say, start counting. Maybe he'd count up to 10, 15, or 20 and stop. Wherever he stops, I start the prayer line. If he stops at 20, I start the prayer line 20. Maybe go forward or backward. Maybe the next night I'll count off so many people in a row and divide it by two and see what number it is. Or something like that. No one knows yet tonight where the prayer line will start. Just wherever it seems like, sometimes it falls right among the cripples. Sometimes... It falls among the sick. I don't know. No one knows. We just give out the cards and then let the Lord lead for the rest. And it's always worked successfully that way. Be in prayer. I believe this is all new to you people here. And all the meetings I've ever been, this is the smallest second night meeting I ever had in any meeting since I've been in the field. Usually on the second night, any auditorium or been announced anyway, usually run seven, eight, ten thousand on the second night. Of course, it's just locally advertised what makes the crowd, because it's internationally advertised, and so many hundreds come from one state and the other state to make up the group. My next meeting after here will be in Houston at the Coliseum. I think it's 17,000 It's already in about four or five international papers. That's where the people come from across the seas and all everywhere. I wish to read just a little bit of the words tonight. For God's word never fails. My word will. His word will not. Found in Psalms. 103, the first, second, and third verse. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me, bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits, who forgiveth all of thine iniquities, who healeth all thy diseases. May God add his blessings to his word. All of this, speaking of diseases, Affliction. I wish just for a few moments to make some statements concerning it. And I want you to listen and give it your undivided attention. Diseases and afflictions are all the results of sin. Maybe not in your life, but in somebody's life before you. The devil is the author of sickness. And affliction. Before we had any devil, we had no sickness or affliction. But when Satan came, he brought with him sickness and affliction. There's so many times that 
refer to them as blessings. I never could think that God could get a blessing out of a sick person unless it was a sinner driving to God or a disobedient child bringing back to be reconciled to his father. But sicknesses are the results of the devil and of the fall. There's, today, we have the best doctors we've ever had. We got the best medical science, best hospitals we've ever had, more sickness than we ever had. And in the day that when we got the best medical science we ever had, they're constantly building institutions for the incurable. Right when we got the best scientific work on afflictions and sickness we ever had, building institutions yearly for the incurable. But there never was nothing that came before Jesus Christ, the Son of God, but what he was more than a match for. And he's just the same today as he was yesterday and will be forever. And he proves that. And you'll see it night after night. And if it isn't so, then you have a right to doubt. Someone said this, the healings last. They last as long as faith lasts. But when faith fails, then your healing will fail. Would you say every person came to the altar and got converted would be a Christian all their days? He could be tonight a child of God and tomorrow be a child of the devil. It's when he loses faith in God what sends him back. And any power that can heal you here at this platform can keep you well. That's the reason I make this statement that nothing comes here but what is delivered here. Outside of here, it's according to your faith where it stays. I've seen people come to the platform totally blind and read this same Bible and less than five days come back again just as blind as they ever was. Why did they read here? The power of the devil recognized that gift of God. And he had to leave. Now that's an all, that's a, I know that's a real statement to make. But I know where I stand. And I know who I have believed. And I know his power to heal. Someone said not long ago when I was in Phoenix, prayer lines was way down the street. They couldn't even get into the auditorium. Going into the line, someone said, Are you, aren't you afraid, Brother Branham, to stand there before all those things and realize that critics are standing there, newspaper reporters and so forth, to criticize? I said, I'm not afraid as long as I feel that he's near. But if I can't feel him, I would get off the platform and go home. No man can do nothing. All has to come from God. For instance, we'll take the, to speak for a few moments about cancer. It seems to be one of the major enemies today. What is a cancer? Where did it come from? 
tumor, cataract, ulcer, pneumonia, tuberculosis, all those names are medical names that medical science gave them. The Bible declares them to be devils. For instance, cancer, what is a cancer? It usually comes from a bruise. All the natural things of the earth types of spiritual. Everything in the natural types of spiritual. You know that, most all of you. For instance, like when a baby is born and when a child is born of God. When a baby, when a child is born in the kingdom of God, the Bible says there are three that bear record in the heaven. The Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Not someone sick or something, so just give me your attention. If you miss these things, you'll probably miss your healing altogether. There are three that bear record in heaven. Now, when uh, we're on our conversion, the element came from Jesus Christ's body when he died. There was water, blood, and spirit. And these three things make up the new birth. Is that right, Minister? These three elements make up the new birth. Water, blood, spirit. That make up the natural birth when a baby is born. What's the first thing? Water, blood, life. All the natural things types of spiritual. And a cancer in the natural, in the spiritual, he's a devil. He types the scavenger, a buzzer. He's dead things. The cancer comes from a bruise. For instance, my hand, is, it hasn't got any cancer on it. It may have sometimes. What causes the cancer? Is uh, some cell, germ, in my body, backslide, gets bruised or something sets in. And from that germ or cell, it starts a multiplication of cells, multiplying, and it forms a cancer, and it starts eating into the body. Now, every life and every bit of life there is came, comes from a germ. You yourself are from a germ of life. You came one time. You were just a teeny little germ, so small they couldn't be seen by the natural eye. You came from your father. You're nothing, none of your mother's blood at all. The blood cell comes from the male sex. And then from that germ, it becomes the multiplying cells. And everything after its kind, a germ from the dog will bring forth dog, from a bird, a bird, a human, a human. If nothing interrupts that, God's program, nothing interrupts it, it'll bring forth a perfect, normal child, and it'll grow to a perfect, normal adult, if nothing interrupts it. But when something interrupts it, then it's bound to be the evil that interrupts God's program. God didn't intend you to be sick. God made you in his likeness. He wants you to be well. He's done everything he can to keep you well, and Satan's against you. Therefore, this cancer, he, he starts with this tumor, whatever it is, from a germ, he begins to multiply uh, like a tumor, becomes malignant, so forth. It's a body, just like you are the body. It has a spirit. 
like your spirit, only it has not a soul, but it has a life, like you have a life. And therefore then, in you, in your flesh, there is two lives. One are you, and the other is another being, multiplying cells, growing a body, just like you grow in a body. Is that right? Well, then what does that? The devil, the, the germ, is alive. First, the germ is a teeny little cell with a life in it. And that life only can come from two resources, either from God or the devil. And you came from the germ of life by God, the cancer tumor or so forth, come from the germ of life by the devil. And he's trying to destroy your life. He eats up your bloodstream in different ways he works upon you. Therefore, I know that there are devils. Jesus Christ called them devils. And what he says is the truth. They are the devils. Devil is a tormentor. He's here to tear up your body, to eat you up, to destroy you, short your three score and ten, if he can. That's why that when this angel of God comes down, to where I am, I know nothing about any of them. But that's the reason he tells you the kind of disease that you have in your body, because that life is subject to the life that God has sent down to discern it. And then the things that you've done in your life, it's done by the power of God. Then I can tell whether it's there or whether it's gone. And you can see it by physical results shown. You can see the patient when his body becomes straight and normal, or his eyes opens up, or his ears become unstopped. Now, what is it? You say a man like the little boy here, or at least some of you over at the tabernacle a few nights ago to see. Here's a picture here where the Chicago Tribune gave of nine mutes that they sent out there that came from the institution, born, deaf, and dumb. One of them deaf, dumb, and blind. Uh, perhaps some of the managers has read those notes to you. Now, those people, newspapers like Chicago Tribune are not fanatics. Them cases have to be absolutely thoroughly examined before they can be placed in a paper like that or the Waukegan Sun or uh, Post-Dispatch or any of those papers. It's not a fanaticism. It's not a work of mythical belief. Our theory, it's the power of Almighty God. And he shared to confirm it tonight, and we'll do it. And if sooner that our audience gets with one mind and one heart, if this, if this group of people sitting here, probably the ones that to be prayed for tonight to come on the platform, if they will be in one heart and one accord, just in the next five minutes, there won't be one of them in these wheelchairs or cops. If they'll believe it, this is the truth. And as they come one by one tonight to the platform, if they're each one not taken from those wheelchairs and cops and things and walk off this platform normal, then you can say, I'm wrong. Now I refer back to God who he's infallible will be healed. Now, 
times here to make his word good. Every word God says is true. But you've got to not halfway believe it. You've got to know it. Some people come and say, I believe. They think they believe, but you find one out of every thousand that really believes. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. We're controlled, our bodies are, but five senses. How many know that to be true? Let's see your hand. Five senses. See, taste, feel, smell, and hear. That controls the natural man. Now there's another man on the inside, which is the man of faith, the spirit. He has two senses. One of them is faith, the other is unbelief. Which makes the perfect number of God seven senses you have. Now, most any of you in here would certainly swear by your five senses. Now, notice this just a moment. Could you stand here just a moment, Dr. Collins? Now, I believe that there's a man standing before me wearing a little checkered-like suit. Has glasses on with a red tie. How many thinks I'm right? I see your hand. Well, how do you know there's a man standing there? Because you see him. Is that right? Now, that's the only way, the only sense that I have now would tell me there's someone standing there. Because I see him. Sight declares him. Well, I do not see him now, but I still believe he's there. Now, you say seeing is believing. Is it? I believe that Dr. Cobbles is standing there now, and I do not see him. Because I'm possessed with an individual sense outside of sight, it's called feeling, and I feel he's there. And I know it's Dr. Cobbles, it isn't Dr. Bosworth, because Dr. Cobbles had a little testament in his hand, and he's still there. So I, I made that statement one time, and someone took someone else up on me. But I noticed that Dr. Cobbles had this little Bible in his hand, and it's Dr. Cobbles. Now, the only way that I could tell that he was standing there now is for the sense of feeling. And I know it's true. But now, I do not feel him at all. That sense is dead to me. But I know he's there because I see him. See what I mean? There's two distinct senses of the body that says that He's there. One of them I see him. The next one I feel him. And I have just, just stand right there, just stand right Now I have another sense, and that is of hearing. Strike some music. How many please there's music playing? Let's see your hand. Do you see it? How many sees that music? Do you smell it? Taste it? Feel it? Well, how do you know it's music? You're possessed. What if someone didn't have the, the sense of hearing now in here? They wouldn't know that music was playing. That sense is dead to them. They couldn't hear it because they can't hear it. But you who have a sense of hearing know it's playing. Because you hear it. You can't see it. You can't feel it. You can't smell it. You can't taste it. But you can hear it. Now, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things you do not see.
see, taste, feel, smell are here. But the sense of faith is just as real as your sight is or any other of your senses. You see what I mean? You believe it. You, there's, there's no one can make you doubt it because you are possessed with that sense that tells you it's so. You'd say that shirt was white. What if I tell you it was red? Well, you wouldn't believe it because it's white. Your sense of sight says it's white. Your eyes say so. Well, now, if you believe, you you're to be prayed for, whoever you are, if you believe tonight that you're going to be healed just as firmly as your sight says that shirt's white, the work's done right now. Amen. Thank you. Amen. That's right. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things you do not see, taste, feel, smell or hear. It's another sense. It's in the other realm. It's nothing natural. You can't have anything from God only by faith. By faith the walls of Jericho fell. By faith Moses refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. By faith Gideon did so and so. By faith, only way, it, without faith it's impossible to please God. And if you want to please him, you must be come to him with faith, believing his word is truth. Why is it I stand and make this declaration of words and say that nothing can come to this platform without being diagnosed and tell the diseases, the secrets of the heart? And no matter how bad it's crippled, there's no one that's been in other meetings but know that every time they're healed. Why? When the angel met me, he said, if you'll get the people to be sincere... Or you'll be sincere and get the people to believe you. Nothing will stand before your prayer. I believe it. Now, if I can get you to do the same thing, Louisville, Kentucky will have a shaking like it's never had before. That's a challenge. But what I'm trying to do tonight is, is to get you to see what I mean. Then, when you come here and deliver, stand right on that word. He... He's a high priest of your confession. God can't do nothing to you the first you confess that he is. Then when you confess it, then believe it. Act upon it and stay with it, and God will bring you out. Do you believe that? <laughs> Truly. You're not going to go to Fort Wayne, Indiana. By the way, I have a little statement there, Dr. Bosworth, in my overcoat pocket. They'll bring it to you of the, the meeting. We just come out and we the people. I believe it's a little blind girl. That they published it, it's going to come and we the people now. A book that goes over the world. Of a newspaper reporter that wrote up a critical statement, said the girl claimed that she was healed, and wasn't. And the little girl's got the doctor's statements and so forth like that, and published it in, they examined it, and now it's even went to we the people. God will move. And there's no one that can... I'll let Dr. Bosworth read it for you, maybe in tomorrow afternoon service at the... Just sat down with a, a four-page paper. Mrs. Bosworth in the meeting. They were going on. Some of them were saying there was a man sitting there with multiple cirrhosis. Been paralyzed for ten years. He had a creeping paralysis came into his spine. He's a businessman of the city. And they didn't know. They had him sitting there. They'd seen many of the wheelchairs afflicted people delivered. And that night, 
A little cross-eyed girl in the back of the building had seen many people delivered cross-eyed. I have never seen any cross-eyed child ever come to the platform for what was healed. And we've seen better than 300 cases of cross-eyes healed less than six months' time. We had a record of it. 40,000 testimonies to the state, to the day of healing witnesses signed by doctors and so forth. The hour is here, people. The time is here. I say this, and you can brand me a fanatic if you wish to. I believe that this indicates the second coming of Jesus Christ. Amen. Or there will be signs and wonders. And the thing of it is, if you're not in the kingdom of God, press into it. Surely I would have some knowledge of what I'm speaking of, or God would never honor my prayer to do what he does. You outside of the kingdom, seek Christ as your refuge now while it's time and while you have the opportunity. I shall never forget a statement one time I was standing at the... By the way, to finish telling you, the little girl at Fort Wayne, Mrs. Bosworth told her, said, Honey... She was selling literature back at the back of the building. She came out there crying and said, Mrs. Bosworth, that's Brother Bosworth's wife, said, I've seen all those cross-eyed people healed. She's a young lady, about 18, hideously cross-eyed. Said, if you, said, if I could just get in there and get in that prayer line, but I can't even get a card. Mrs. Bosworth's compassion went out to the child. She said, honey, if you walk right back around there where you can see him, and really, don't, don't just imagine now, but believe with all your heart that that's the gift of God. I'll assure you he'll call you out in a few minutes. I was praying for the sick on the platform. Had my back turned to the girl. All at once, I felt that steady faith moving. I looked around. I couldn't pick it out. There's too many. The stand is so congested. I knew it was coming from there, and I tried to discern what kind of spirit it was. See, her faith moved up into that category. And when I turned around, I finally found her, all twice the distance of this building. Body where she was, she had a green coat on. I said, the young lady standing back there with cross eyes and a green coat, don't fear no more, God has healed you. Her eyes went perfectly normal. That's just one of the thousands of cases that happened that way. Now, when, if we can get the meeting, if you people can get together and just throw off what you think is this, that, just cast it aside. Don't come just spectating. Come believing and see if those same things don't take place right here in the building. The first time when I met Dr. Bosworth here was in Miami. We were having a meeting. Dr. Bosworth, internationally known, 40 years experience in teaching divine healing. He thought that someday God would send the, the gifts to the church. And then when he heard I was down there, he just thought, well, there it is again, just somebody preaching divine healing. He came to the meeting one night. And coming through the meeting, we were having what they call the fast line. Thousands were standing. That afternoon, two little boys on WBAY broadcasting station been interviewed, been born blind. Both of them had their sight. And they had them down there at the broadcasting station interviewing them. So Brother Bosworth came out to the meeting. And it would have to be while the fast line started. There's several thousand that had to pass by that night. 
Now let me just lay hands on them. Come in by four breaths. They pushed a the little girl through. I shall never forget the child. She's a cute little thing. She's a little blonde-headed girl. One, two, out in front. Had a little new little manicure in her hair. What you call them things that women put in her hair. They pushed her. She has a brace that's down over her, her little waist here. And they push her through the line. And I lay hands on her. She'd get off the platform. And they push her back in the line. Wow, the poor little thing. And she kept coming through. And then someone would bring her to it and lay hands on her. And while she passed through again, she looked up, kind of hit one of those little bitty grins, you know, on that tooth out. And something had said, stop the child. I said, honey, I think she didn't have faith to be healed at that time. But see, that's what the gift is for here on the platform. You notice how sometimes you have to work. The people say, oh, I believe, Brother Brandon, but here they are down here. Here's where they ought to be up here. Well, then those things of telling their diseases and the secrets of their heart, the faith rises up. I get the person to believe me. That's what he said. If you get the people to believe you, then be sincere when you pray. No demon can hold over there then. He has to know the master. Then, and I know he told me that. And when I can get that patient up to a place that their faith comes to this, that's what gives me a perfect faith. I've never seen it fail. And it never will fail. It can't fail. And then when the girl, they push it through, I said, honey, you stand right behind me. And she stood back there, just holding her. She held on to my coattail. And I said, you pray, honey. And she'd have her little head down praying. And Brother Bob's brother said he's taking all this in. Still just a little bit skeptic. And he's watching because he got there just to watch the lights of the meeting going through. And she was... It was the last night, I believe it was, and she was holding my coat, and I just kept on praying. I forgot about the child. I turned around again, and I said, Honey, keep praying. Like that, and after a while, I began to feel that faith begin to steady like a heart. And when it began to go like that, I turned around to her, and I said, Now, sweetheart, and I laid my hands up on her, and asked the Lord Jesus, I said to the mother, I said, now take the braces off her. She said, but Brother Branham, I tell you, she's, I said, don't you doubt that lady. You do what you're told to do. She walked around and took the braces off a child. Here she come back down and holding those great big braces through those people like that. Perfectly normal, just as normal as she could be. Those little legs, is that right, Dr. Bosworth? And went on with the meeting just a few moments. I kept all twice the distance or maybe better of this building under the great circus tent where the people were standing plumb back out into the highways. There's the Princess Gardens. Then on back, I, kept, I felt something set in begin to, again, I knew it was a thing. I couldn't tell just where it was coming from. I kept turning, looking. But the people passing so fast, and I'm crying, trying to touch it and things. After a while, I spotted it way back towards the back, a fellow with a white shirt on. I waited to find out what kind of a spirit had him bound. The man was crippled. He had fallen off of a horse a few years before as a merchant in Miami. His hand was crippled up his arm. Like that. He came down as a critic to criticize the meeting. And then he began to get faith. I stopped and I said, Sir, you way back forth from the road, going back this way with a white shirt up on, stand up on your feet. Jesus Christ has healed you. And when he stood up there, when his hands up, his little painted-up wife, you thought she was a holy roller. The little brother said this morning on his broadcast, 
to hear her screaming. There he was, perfectly delivered. Brother Bosworth investigated the case, and then he comes to me. He asked the man all about it. And when he came to find it this way, he said, asked me, he said, how did you know that that was the man? I said, sir, I began to get weak. I knew it was coming from somewhere. And he said, got to the microphone, he said, that proves Jesus Christ the same yesterday, today, and forever. It proves it. So now the gift that was in Jesus Christ would be like this whole ocean out here beat against the bank. The gift in our brother would be like a spoonful of water taken out of it. But the same chemicals would be in the spoonful of water, the same kind of chemicals that's in the entire ocean. That's right. And I, I could feel myself getting weaker. And there was a man perfectly delivered. Now that's happened hundreds of times. And there's people in this building, I believe, have been in other meetings to witness. Have I got friends in here that's been in other meetings to witness and say that's the truth? Raise your hands if you are here. Now you can see the Bible said the mouth of two or more witnesses. Now you can have the same thing here in Louisville. There's no need of anyone going away from here without being perfectly delivered. I might not have just the time for everyone at the platform, but everyone can benefit by it. If God can prove himself here to be God and has confirmed what I've said to be the truth, then believe God and act upon your faith and put your faith as living action and God will go to work on you right there and will make you well. Hot spring. I believe it was a little rock. One night, the ambulances had got the victory to block the streetcars. Yeah, bring the police down there to make them get off the corner, just blow the castle in hot in rock, Little Rock, Arkansas. Reverend Mr. Brown was one of the pastors there. If you wish to get this testimony, write to Reverend G.H. Brown, 505 Victory Street, Little Rock, Arkansas. Listen to this talk about demon power. I just That's about my fourth or fifth meeting. Long about 11 o'clock, my hand had got so numb. Sometimes when I go home, my hand is so numb, plumb, I have to run hot water on it for, for your half hour. You get feelings back to it again. From the physical. And there's a watch. I take over human's hands with that on there, I'll stop that watch dead still. I've got a long jeans watch now, just come from the factory. I took a hold of a what physical reaction or what mechanical thing does to it, I do not know. But Mr. Brown said, come down into the basement, Brother Branham, of the auditorium. He said, I've got a case down here that you've never seen anything like it. Well, I went down. I was resting. I've seen some horrible sights, but I've never seen anything quite like that. I went into institutions where young ladies used the bedpan, smeared on their face, insane. Seen some horrible things, but never nothing like this. Lying on the floor was a woman about 30 years old, 35, strong-looking woman. And her, her legs were sticking right up like this, and they were bleeding. There was a man standing on the steps. Just a good old Arkansas brother with a pair of overalls on, a blue shirt. Friends, I say sometimes the best of hearts beat under that. That's right. That's true. I believe 
He said, well, Brother Brandon, that's the first word she's spoken to you. I said, the devil's just using her lips. It's like it was in the case of Legion. She come crawling over that way to me and said, you ain't got nothing to do with me. Crawling like that. I said, Brother, do you believe the story that you hear me tell about the coming of that angel? He said, with all my heart, he said, as he threw his arms around me. I walked to the corner steps, and I prayed with all my heart to the Lord Jesus. I said, God, look at that poor woman. Five little innocent children at home. No mother. One suckling baby. I said, what can happen? Oh, God, have mercy. And the Spirit of the Lord came, and I asked the devil to leave the woman. Turned back around, I said, now do you believe it? He said, with all my heart. What shall I do with her, Brother Brandon? I said, take her back. Take her right on back to the sanatorium. I said, if you don't doubt one thing that I've told you, watch what happened. Two months after then, I was at Jonesboro, Arkansas. There were many things that being happened. Some 28,000 people gathered into the city. And I was speaking... And I seen pressing or waving her hands at me, some woman. She said, don't you recognize me, Brother Branham? I said, no, ma'am. She's sitting out like that. She said, I, you all, all of you, excuse me. She said, I just wanted to see you. And I seen somebody laughing. There is her husband. And there she was sitting there just as normal and in her right mind with her five little children, just as perfect as she could be. They take her back. She never kicked the car one time going back. They put her back in the padded cell. The second morning, they went in to feed her, and she was setting up. And on the fourth, third, or fourth morning, they dismissed her as a well person and sent her home to her children. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Look, friends, demons recognize God's power. Sometimes before ministers do, and Christians, did you know that? Many times read the Bible. When the priest said it, oh, he's Beelzebub, the devil said, we know who you are, the Son of God, the Holy One of Israel. Is that right? Remember when Paul and Silas, when the ministers said they were imposters, another little fortune teller said they were men of God who had the way of life. If I'm not mistaken, Reverend Hooper from Phoenix, Arizona, sitting in the back of the building, he can verify that statement. Was you there that night, Reverend Hooper? There's a man there who was right there when it taken place. Right to the Reverend G.H. Brown, 505 Victory Street, um, Little Rock, Arkansas, and asked him for the testimony. Let him send you, let the sanitarium testify. That's one of the thousands. Just once more. The day after this, the angel of the Lord came into the building. And then I will start the prayer line. I was, I was down to El Dorado. I'm to be there at the racetrack. About two nights, as soon as I leave here, I go to Shreveport and El Dorado on, on down. I was over to a little church. They said, if you come over to speak at this church, thousands attacked the city. And the reporter had been converted on this picture, the keeper of the, the hotel, both at the same time. They want to know how to find Jesus, been members of churches for years. But when it seen the work of God, that God was doing with it in among his people, they had me in a, a, a little room and I was preaching. And when I went out, there was four men gathered around. We started out the door and standing in the rain out there holding canvas over their loved ones and everything for city blocked. 
People waiting, no place to go, no, couldn't even get in place nowhere. No private home. They had newspapers laying down holding canvas when a shower rain to come over little crippled children and waiting for their turn to try to get in the prayer line. I tell you, brother, that's people who love God. That's right. I never will forget so many phenomenal things, mystics have happened along the line. I was started out of the building, people crying, pressing, trying to get over to where he was at like that. They had this line moving on towards the car. I kept hearing somebody hard, mercy, mercy, mercy. And I looked around. I could hear it somewhere. It looked like something just jumped in my heart. I looked standing way over to one side in Arkansas. They have a, a law of the colored and the white can't be together. Standing off to one side was a colored man. Just a little cap holding his hand, standing there in the rain, the rain, hitting him in the face, his wife, hollering, mercy, mercy, mercy. I thought about old blind barking. And I started going on, it looked like something just telling me not to do that. Hundreds of them pressing. I said, I want to go over to where that colored man is. They said, Brother Branham, you can't do that. Two of them was police. They said, you start a race ride right now. I said, you can't do that. I said, but the Lord's telling me to go over to where he's at. And I just broke out to one side and went over there. They formed a little ring. Now, here, here stay when you come up to the old wife. She said, here comes the parson, honey. <laughs> my, my. Got over a little close to where he was. He said, is this you, Parson Brandon? I said, yes, sir. He began to feel me on the face with his hand. He said, Parson Eddie, just a minute to hear my story. I said, Yes, sir. He said, Parson said, my old mammy was a good religious woman. But she never told me a lie in all her life. But she's been dead now about ten years. But I never heard of you in all my life either. So I live about a hundred miles from here until last night. But I've been blind now for many years. So last night I woke up. And standing by the side of my bed stood my old mammy. She said, Honey child, you go down to El Dorado, Arkansas, and ask for somebody by the name of Brandon. Said the Lord has given a gift of divine healing. You shall receive your sight. Oh my, I feel like my heart would get that deep. I think God was speaking. If man won't believe it, God will declare it somewhere to the honest of heart. He will. I put my hands up on him. I said, Brother, the Lord Jesus, that has sent this vision to you, is standing here now to make you well. I took my hands off of him, took hold of his hand, cataract was dead. Tears began to drip off his cheek. He said, I thank you, Lord. I thank you, Lord. She said, his wife said, honey, do you see? He said, yes, I see. He said, oh, you, you really see, honey? He said, yes, that's a red carpet. Oh, my, she just started screaming like that. And... Then they grabbed me, took out of the car. Later on, I come off of a plane down near Memphis, Tennessee, one night. I started in, I hear somebody, oh, hello, Carson Brown. I went over there, and who was it? There he was. Normal, could read his Bible or anything. I think amazing grace, how sweet the sound. That would save a rest. He's still the same tonight as he was then. These sure friends, the only thing I'm asking you to do is believe that I've told you the truth. 
watch the power of Almighty God do as I have said. If it doesn't, then you say that Brother Branham is a false prophet. If it does, then you believe God for his testimony. Shall we bow our heads? Our Heavenly Father, oh, I think someday when we come down to the end of the journey, and I come up to your house, I pray that you'll let me in. I had a seat somewhere over there with all these dear people that I've met. We can talk over the things, the memories we have of these great things that Thou has done for us. And how wonderful along the pilgrim journey here to see and know that you're near and you're here tonight to deliver these sick and afflicted people. Lord, to this time we know not who thou hast chosen to come into this life. Thou dost know. Someone here, there's 50 people that has cards. Lord, thou will provide. You know who's here to come. And we commit it to your hands, Lord. Now bless everyone. And may those, Lord, who will not be able to be in the prayer line, when they see others that's afflicted and tormented as they are, see them delivered. Oh God, I pray that their faith will mount up and believe. Oh Father, grant that there be an old-fashioned revival to just start all over the city, Lord. That every church will have revivals and lost souls will be coming in, believing upon thy beloved Son. Grant it, dear God. Now, Father, thou knowest the, the weakness of man, and we know the power of God. And I pray that you'll send your angel, the one who separated me from my mother's womb. Bring me into this life and ordained for this purpose. We'll stand here tonight. Dear God, we'll make this great statement boldly before the thousands and hundreds of thousands of people. Thou hast never failed yet, and I know that you will not fail us tonight. But you will grant tonight that every secret sin of the heart will be told to the people. Their diseases will be told them. The demons is binding them. And every one will be delivered, won't they, Father? Because we trust you and love you and believe you. And ask it in your name and for your glory. Hear the prayer of your servant now, Father, for we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, the prayer on the minister now. Those with prayer cards from B85 to B100 stand in line according to your number at my right and your left at the platform steps. From B85 to B100, everyone else remains seated. Trying to say this that 
You must be reverent. We will not be responsible. I have to say this by law every night. I am not responsible for any critic in the meeting. These things go from one to the other, especially epileptics and so forth like that. I've seen people come in the meeting perfectly normal. See a spastic sitting here, and this spastic go out normal, and the critics go out crippled. I've seen them come in and many 28 at a time fall with epilepsy in the floor. These demon powers will find a place to go, and friends, that's the Bible. How many know that Bible doctrine? Let's see your hands. This is just the New Testament church in action, isn't it, friends? The power of Almighty God to deliver. Now, while they're lining the peoples up, I think those in the wheelchairs, they just wish you to sit still. They'll come get you whenever they, when your card number is ready, they'll, they'll call you. Now, I want everyone to remember this. You're, you're always welcome at the meetings, everyone. But when I ask you to bow your head, you must bow your head. And then when I do not raise your head until you hear me say over this microphone or Brother Bosworth standing here, to raise your head, if you do before that, I will not be responsible for what happens. Mr. Hooper, standing close to you, was at a... I'd like to see someone that way in another meeting. He was in Phoenix, Arizona with us. Where one of the officials of the city sitting in the meeting, he said, well, that's a good case of psychology. He said, I'll just nothing to it. I kept feeling the man who's sitting back to my right. I said, someone do my right with their head. I'm, he wouldn't keep his head down. One of the ushers told him, said, keep your head down. He was an official of the city, so... But I don't have to. All right. So they brought me work back. I had a little child there. They had a clothespin with a rag wrapped around trying to have an epileptic fit. I had them one on the platform then. Sometimes when the epilepsy comes, this throws them into fits. And I said, all right, sir, I asked you. That's all I can do. I prayed. I said, God, don't let this innocent child suffer for that child, for that man his disobedience. Left the child. The man just smiled and went on. About two days later... Comes, begin to have a funny feeling. He said, Oh, it's just me thinking that, that's all. So it's just it's just my imagination, it's just get the best of it. Try to shake out of it. A day or so later, the officers picked him up downtown walking around and around. About six weeks later, he come over, I was having a service at Charles Fuller with Charles Fuller over in Long Beach. If any of you is there, you know how many was in there. There was literally Thousands in there stand up and down the beach so he, he couldn't get in there. Went up to Los Angeles, couldn't get in there. And finally, Odessa, his wife, on a rainy night, fell across the path. Beard growing out on his face, horrible, hideous looking. And there he was. Said, Brother Brandon, something's got to be done. Said, he, he, he don't even eat. We can't poke water down him. Oh, he looked horrible. Sitting there, his eyes just stared. I walked in, he started going, hmm, getting back from me like that. I told him to lock the doors. We was tired, been the Saturday night clubhouse there for hours, dealing with the sick. I had Brother Brown and Brother Moore to lock the door to keep the people away. His wife was muddy from falling across the path and held on to my trouser legs. I couldn't even move. They couldn't drag me for holding on to get to her husband. About 45 minutes later, it left me. 
He put his arm around me and hugged me. Put his hand on his head like that, shook my hand, went home to be a well man. There you, friend. I was a critic. I wouldn't even sit around what was going on. I'm here to help you and not to hinder you. And I just remember that. If you keep your head bound, something wouldn't have happened. I'm responsible for that. Now, you couldn't story about it because I'll know it when you come here. But now you just be reverent. Be in prayer. When I ask you to bow your head, you keep your head bowed. You did last night. Very lovely. And you do the same thing tonight. Everything will be all right. Are you? Have your lines ready? Shall we bow our heads now just a moment? Father, I realize that this is a great time. It's a time when we're standing face to face with the adversary. Here's crippled, afflicted, and dying people. There's people that's standing here in the line, maybe with cancer or maybe with heart trouble. I don't know what's wrong with them now. But thou will tell thy servant. And I pray thee that thou will deliver every one of them perfectly well. May Satan be called out each time. May be exposed before the audience. May everyone be lovely, Lord, cooperating, all Christians. May we have a great meeting tonight. May the power of the Holy Ghost just sweep through the building. Heal everyone that's in the building. For we ask that in Jesus' name, amen. Let's sing just once, if you will. Oh,